1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to bring on the guest I'm bringing on today, the real Jason Duncan, you guys. He is a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, who started out as an unemployed school teacher back in 2010, then decided to start a business in which he built to a million dollar business that was actually featured in Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing privately held companies in America, you guys. It was also recognized by Entrepreneur Magazine as one of the top entrepreneurial companies all over the country. So Jason Duncan is is the founder of the Exeter Club. And he's also the host of the Root of All Success podcast, who is on a mission to help 100,000 entrepreneurs find success and balance within their life and business. So welcome to the show, Jason. I'm so excited for today. How's it going?
2: It is fantastic. And I am so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jason. This is incredible. We have some hot topics we're going to cover. But before we really dive into any of those, if you don't mind taking us back to maybe when you were, you know, an unemployed school teacher and what what brought you to where you are today with all this success?
2: Um, the 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 will to do it <laughs> is really what brought me it. here. But 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 going back I, as a when I was a school teacher, um, I was in love with teaching. I, I I'm God created me to be a teacher. I love teaching. It's it's a gift of mine. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. But the uh, Great Recession and uh, in the 08-09, you know, caught up with our school district in 2010-2011 and budget cuts started coming and they had to lay off teachers and I was on the chopping block. I, di- I didn't have tenure. I was the last guy hired in the building. And even though I was the number one teacher in the county in my subject area, I didn't, you know, I, that didn't save me. And so I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to try to go back into the corporate world? Because I couldn't get a teaching job anywhere because nobody was hiring teachers at the time. Or am I going to make a run as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? And so I chose the latter and I gave myself until the end of, uh, or until the middle of August, August the 15th to be exact, to do something with the business to make money because that was the last day I was getting paid by, by the state. And I thought, well, if I can do something by then, you know, this, if I can prove the concept to work. And on August the 12th, three days before my self imposed deadline, I ended up closing a, what turned out to be eventually a $2.3 million deal. And it just launched me into entrepreneurship. And uh, that's, that's where it all began.
1: Absolutely incredible. So when one door closes, another one opens. I love it. So let's dive into, you know, because with the mission that you have to help other entrepreneurs, you know exit without exiting the business. Can we talk about that a bit? Now that's what you do and that's what you have done. So do you mind diving into that and how you can make that possible as an entrepreneur?
2: Well, yeah. So the the concept exit without exiting as a concept was something that I did in uh, 2020. So in 2019, 2020, I made a decision Actually, the decision became a lot, was about 18 months prior to that, but but I actually pulled it off in, at the end of 2019 going into 2020. But I made a decision that I didn't want to be the central hub around which my business turned. I, I I felt like that my business wasn't operating at its maximum capacity if everything relied on me. And unfortunately, so many entrepreneurs are in the same boat. They're trapped by their businesses. Everything revolves around them. They are the, the special sauce to make it work. They make all the major decisions. They're the creative director, the visionary, the doer, the problem fixer. They're the hero. And, and that's what I was. And I realized through with the, with the help of my business coach, I really shouldn't be the hero of my business. And so at first, Brittany, I was like, okay, well, I'll sell the business. Well, then I found out business that a business that is operated by the owner is worthless. <laughs> it really is not mm-hmm. worth anything because the owner is the one making it run. So I thought, well, what's my other alternative? So that's when I figured out how to what I now call exit without exiting. How do I exit the daily operations without selling it? And I didn't call it that at the time. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have anybody help guide me. I just figured it out. And then in 2020, when I stepped away, thinking, man, this is this is this is pretty cool. Of course, COVID interrupted the plans a little bit, but but as I stepped away, everybody said, Well, how did you pull that off? Like, how do you still own it, not work in it? and yet still get paid and get all the financial benefits. How, how, does it, how do you do that? So that's when I started a coaching company, TRJD Enterprises, to help other people, other entrepreneurs learn to do the same thing.
1: JD, that's incredible. Now, I guess I jumped a little too fast because I was so excited to talk about how to live the exit lifestyle. But I guess before you actually stepped away and began coaching it, what, what were you doing in the business? How did you deliver your services? Um, do you want to go in a little bit of detail about that? That's my fault. I jumped over that. And I think that's a good part to cover.
2: Yeah, no, that's a problem. That's no problem at all. I mean, we, so the business itself uh, was a lighting company. So what we did is we did LED lighting retrofits in commercial buildings across the country. Um, we actually did some work in Canada. I know that's where you're you're from and where you are. We did some work in Brampton, uh, Toronto. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, so we had some international work, but, uh, that's what we did. And so for the, for the first few years of the business, I was the only, you know, I was the only salesperson. I was the only operations person. I was working with vendors. I was hiring project manager, you know, a a project manager to manage each project. I was hiring the, uh, the electrical teams to put the product, the the product in. I mean, I was doing, I was on one man show doing it all. And then eventually, I started hiring employees. I hired an operations person. I hired an assistant. I hired a salesperson, and I built up a significant team. and And we grew uh, quite rapidly over the first five years of the business. And six, you know, year, year, I think it was year six or seven is when Inc. magazine recognized this as one of the fastest growing privately held companies in the country. And then the following year, Entrepreneur magazine recognized this as one of the top entrepreneurial companies in the country. But you know, I was still trapped in the business. I mean, it's it was good, but like, I was still like, had I got hit by a bus, all my employees have been out of work. That's the truth. And that sucks. And that's not, that's a selfish way to run a business. So if you're the cog making it all happen, if everything revolves around you, you're selfish because your business can't survive without you. And that's, I just couldn't do it. And that's when I decided I can't, this is puts my employees at risk. And I love these people and I don't want to put them at risk anymore.
1: So from that point on is when you decided to tell me, did you delegate further to like cover those spots you were in and, and um, take over your positions and stuff? Or how did you make that work to where it is today, where you coach it?
2: Well, I so there are four core principles that I teach that really reflect what I did on my journey to figure out how to exit the daily operations. And the first one is embrace delegation, which you just mentioned. And I had four at the time, I had four really solid department directors. And <clears throat> so I pulled them, pulled them in one at a time and said, Hey, here's my plan. My plan is it's kind of it's gonna sound crazy, but I, I can't be involved in the business every day. And it's not mm-hmm. that I just want to sit home and watch prices right and eat popcorn all day. <laughs> like I've got there are other projects I want to get involved in, plus by me being pulled by being me being away from the business in a way that you know, paradoxically actually makes the business worth more money and it makes the business run better. So I said, first of all, I got to, I got to delegate. So I gave them raises and I gave them, uh, vice president titles and said, okay, you guys are going to run daily operations. So that was one thing I did. And then the second thing was eliminate stress. So elimination of stress is a really, really important part of this process because you can't, you can't leave your company behind stressed out all the time. And you can't be stressed. Gotta, you got to, this has got to be a good mental state. So I worked on that. The third thing I did was establish very tight systems and processes to make sure everybody knew what to do. And it didn't require a certain person to get stuff done, it just required a certain process or a certain system. And then the fourth thing is invest in people, which goes back to the very first thing. Hey, I brought my people in, I invested in them financially, I invested in them with training, I invested in them with tools to say, listen, you guys are going to run things. So those four core principles are what I teach now. So that other people can do the same thing,
1: I love it. And then you were able to step away after duplicating where you were in the business and delegating those people into the new positions. Love it, incredible, JD. So now let's talk a little bit about um, you know as a coach today. Do you find anything to be the a number one challenge that you see often when it comes to coaching today in twenty twenty three?
2: Well, are you referring to the challenge that the coach has or the challenge that the client has?
1: Like any challenge that you have to overcome when it comes to coaching with your potential clientele, maybe that will be relatable to other coaches listening.
2: Well, I think the biggest thing for the answer to that question is the answer to almost every, what's the biggest challenge question, no matter what you're talking about. And that's mindset. Mm -hmm. Because whatever we've set our mind on, that's the result we get. So if you're making a hundred grand a year, you've set your mind on that. That is that is your comfort zone. That's the frequency you operate on. That's how you're living. If you're making a million dollars a year, you you're you have your mind set on that, and you are on operating on that frequency, and that is your comfort zone. So whatever we receive as a result in life is d- directly related to how our mind is set. And so the biggest challenge for all of us as coaches, the biggest challenge as podcasters, as authors, as speakers, as business owners, is we have to get our mindset operating on a higher frequency. And we have to understand that we attract, we are attracting what the way we think. You know our words have power. Our thoughts have power. Our commit level of commitment has power. And what we think about, we bring about. And so if we're if we're unhealthy, if we're unattractive, if we don't have any money, if you know what whatever, okay, you're attracting that. You're that's the life. That's the mindset you have. And on the other hand, if you're attractive, if you got if you got plenty of money, and you're healthy, and you're getting clients, okay, your mindset is different. You know the skills don't matter as much as the mindset does. The biggest challenge that we have is our mindset.
1: I a hundred percent agree. You, you attract what you are, you know, and if you're putting, I think first and foremost, like you said, is the mindset because when you're on a higher frequency, you're not, you're not uh, living day by day in fear. You're not focusing on what's not working. And then honestly money flows when you're in a high frequency, people are attracted to people want to work with you. Um, yeah. Mindset's everything, you know? So my next question is kind of related to your podcast. Now, when did you start it and what were the intentions behind it? And when it, where is it at today?
2: So I started my first recording. My first episode I recorded was December the 23rd, 2020. Um, my wife bought me this microphone that I'm using right now, this blue Yeti, Uh, for Christmas of 2019. So the year prior to that, because I had been talking about wanting to do a podcast for years and I didn't really have any, I didn't have a good intention. I just wanted to do one. I thought it'd be cool to do one. Everybody's doing one. Let's do one. So she bought me this microphone. She said, you, baby, you need to go do this. So that was in December of 19. Well, in, in 2020 is when I finally started exiting daily operations and I hired a new business coach. I'm like, okay, what do I do next? I don't know what the hell I do. Like, I'm—I <laughs> used to be the president and CEO of this company. I'm not anymore. Like, what do I, How do I introduce myself? What am I supposed to do with my time? Because I didn't have it all figured out. I went through about a four-month uh, identity crisis, and I was—I was meeting. I had a business coach I'd hired to help me, and I had a mentor that was meet, meet, meeting with me on a regular basis. We we're trying to figure this out. And part of that process, my business coach was like. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I said, Yeah, I've thought about it. I've got a microphone and I've got the desire to do it, but I don't know, I don't know where to start. And so it was him who kind of got me pushed in the right direction. So I started the podcast. Um, I wanted to interview very successful entrepreneurs. I wanted to interview the top of the top, the cream of the crop. I wanted to interview the people who had held it in entrepreneurship. And I wanted to find out how they did it. What was the root of their success? How did they figure that out? And that's why I named it "The Root of All Success." And uh, I started recording in December of 2020, and I hired a really terrible podcast management company to help me with it. And so the first episode didn't get released until April, so almost four months later. And I was super mad. I was upset. I fired the company. I said, "Listen, I can't. I can't record." And then four months later, a podcast came out. That's crazy. So, so, um, so I released my first episode. I think it came out in April of 2021, and today I, I think I just recorded my 154th episode uh, last week.
1: Amazing! Now, so do you just do interviews, or do you do solos as well?
2: So I'm, you know, I'm glad you asked that. I I just recently started doing. Well, that's not true. I didn't recently start doing it. I, I've done a few solos. Like my hundredth episode was a solo. And because I ask every guest what their definition of success is, and I record those. And so my 100th episode was me just reviewing all these different definitions of success and what it looks like. So that was my first solo. And since then, I've done probably five more. And my latest release, the one that just came out last week, was me doing a solo. And frankly, I didn't plan on it, but my guest didn't show up. Something happened. And I thought, well... I'm here. I'm going to record. So I just went with stream of consciousness. I talked about comfort zones. A lot of what we just spoke about, I that's fresh on my brain because I just talked about this last or two, uh, just listened to the podcast yesterday. But but I do some solos, but most of my show, probably 95% of my show are interviews, interview style. But um, But I'm getting a lot of good feedback on the solo stuff. So who knows? I might start doing more of that.
1: I love it. This is great. So Jason, you mentioned the definition of success. And before I jump to the next question, I just want to get an exact answer from you as to what your ultimate definition of success is.
2: So, um, so the dictionary definition of success is, a, is achieving the desired result. Like, so whatever you wanted when you get it, that's successful. So for instance, if I want a bowl of chocolate pudding and I get a bowl of chocolate pudding, I'm successful in that. Right. I mean, you could break it down right. to the, so, so every single person has a different definition of success. It's not just about money. It's not just about fame or fortune or anything like that. Although, um, I found that there are really six general categories, for success. And one of those is money. And ironically, it is the one that appeared most often in the answers, even though nobody said money is success. Nobody came out and said that because I don't invite those types of people on my show, Mm -hmm. but, but, but so for me, I look at it as I'm successful. I'm successful when I have complete freedom and control over how I spend my time, my energy, my money. That to me is success, complete freedom. Like nobody is in control of that. I decided like you didn't force me to be on this show. You invited me and I'm here by my own will. This is a, this is a choice that I made and I could have chosen not to do it. I'm, I, I'm a nice guy. I wanna do it. I, I'm honored that I'm doing this, but I don't wanna ever have to be told you have to do this. You wanna be there or you can't buy this or you can't invest in that or you can't give that money away. I don't ever wanna be th- somebody telling me, well, you can't. You can't do some physical thing because you are not able to do it. I want to have complete control and choice and freedom over those three things. Time, energy, and money.
1: Time, energy, and money. That's incredible. Um, Yeah, it's incredible that you do have that freedom, that choice, whether to come on or not and do what you want to do, do solos or do interviews like you have that. And that's that is a definition of success. You get to choose that, you know, had you not exited the company I mean, you might have not have had time to do this. So, like, this is actually amazing, you know, when you look at it from that perspective. So well,
2: you're or well, you're right. And I, I'll give you, I'll give you and your listeners just an insight. So, like, yeah, one of the things that I teach is the exit lifestyle. And the whole exit without exiting thing and the exit lifestyle work together because most entrepreneurs feel and think that their exit is going to be some venture capital firm, some PE firm coming in and offering them a gazillion dollars, and they get to to exit financially independent forever. And they have to put in 80, 90, 100 hours a week for years to get to that result. Well, first of all, only 2% of entrepreneurs ever sell a company for financial independence type of money. But only 2%. So it's like the it's it's like the it's like the odds of making the NBA or the NFL. Like it's it's a very small number. So we have to be more realistic. Okay, so if we're gonna be more realistic, realistic, exit without exiting is now an opportunity. How do I build my business that doesn't need me to run it every day so that I can live the exit lifestyle today without having to sell it? Right. So the exit lifestyle is the living life on your terms without having to be at the office every day, still getting the financial and tax benefits of the business without having to sell it. So over the last few weeks, I've been traveling. So I was, uh, my wife and I do, we RV a lot. So we were at the lake RVing all week last week. And then we got home on Friday and then made the split decision. You know what? Let's go to our cabin. We own a cabin in the Smoky Mountains. So we rode over to the cabin, spent spent a few days over the Smoky Mountains. We came home yesterday, last night. I had some work and some meetings and podcasts and stuff like this I had to do today. We're getting up in the morning. Our son, he's coming over and meeting us and we're flying to Philadelphia. We're going to do three days of just tours in Philadelphia, walk around, do that kind of stuff. And then Friday night, we've got a big event to go to because I'm speaking at a TED talk. I'm doing a TED talk on, on Saturday and then we're flying home. And then next week I'm hosting a mastermind in Isla Morata, Florida in the Keys for four or five days. The next week I'm going on a trip with my wife uh, for our 28th wedding anniversary. We're going to the lake for for you know a week. So like that's, that is the exit lifestyle for me. Now I'm not I'm not just sitting around drinking fruity drinks all the time. I'm getting stuff done, but I've learned how to manage my business where it's not managing me. So I can have seven companies, which that's what I own. I have seven companies all operate without me being physically present every day.
1: I love this. Uh, Jason, you are living the exit lifestyle with still having these companies, seven of them in total with not being there every day. Like that to a lot of people is unheard of. So we need you out there coaching other entrepreneurs how to do that. And I'm so happy you are doing that. So I love it. Now you had mentioned uh, before about who you interview and at you top level people who have access to all the success and how they did it. Right. So now how do you go about finding those top successful entrepreneurs Uh, business owners that you bring onto the show, how do you attract them? Or do you reach out to them? What is your method?
2: Well, what's interesting about doing a podcast is that when I first started the podcast, I just called on people I knew like that were Mm -hmm. successful, just people in my circle. So my very first episode ever is a guy who has his own private equity firm, uh, very successful guy. And I said, Andrew, dude, would you be my guinea pig? Like first episode out of the gate. He said, sure. So we had had that one. And then my second episode was a guy that I was introduced to through one of my mentors. And then probably 10 or 12 of the first 20 people I interviewed was when my mentor, just knew people and said, Hey, you should talk to this person. You should talk to that person. And I would just reach out cold and say, Hey, I want to I, I have this podcast. I'd like you to be on. Well, to that, that was probably at six months is like me struggling. I had to find people to interview. I had to go find them. I had to tell them who I was. I had to tell them. And that's that's normal, right? Well, today I probably get a request for somebody to be on the show every single day. And I turn most people down. Cause I just don't have the, I don't have time to re- I'd be recording every single day if I let right. everybody on. So I get right. to, I get to be a little more choosy now, but I'm also strategic in reaching out to people that I want on the show. So for example, um, you know, the movie, the secret and the book, the secret that yeah, came out yeah. in the two thousands. Well, I was, a, I was, I'm a little late to the game. I just read that this year for the first time. I've never, I've never read it before. Isn't that crazy? But so it was last book. year. So, yeah, so I'm the, on
1: the same page. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so, uh, Dr. John D. Martini was part of part of the secret. He was part of that book and, And so I just reached out to every single person in the, well, that's not true. That is, I'm working through that, but I'm starting to strategically reach out to every person who was involved and ask, Hey, I would love for you to come on my show because I want to talk about success from a mindset standpoint, because I've been interviewing entrepreneurs about how they did, how they achieved it. But I want to talk about how it is achieved. How does success work from a mindset? So Dr. D Martini was like, Yeah, I'll be on your show. So he came on. I recorded his episode, I don't know, probably a month or two ago. It's already been released, but it was fascinating. I got to I got to hear the secret behind the secret, like what happened? Like, how did that this whole thing happen? And he really dove deep into that. Now, I also have some other interesting people who reach out to me which, which is, this is the craziest thing. I don't know if I can even say this yet. Cause my, I haven't recorded the show, but I had somebody I, I'll, I'll, I'll be vague on purpose. Cause I'm not okay. sure how this is going to yeah. turn out, but somebody on Instagram and reached out to me and said, Hey, um, and, and this person, she, she's a, uh, semi-famous TV actress, like Right. I mean, if I said what TV show, there's lots of people would know. Oh, probably know. know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they probably know. Okay. Yeah, know I don't know. it. I've never watched a show in my day of my life, but that's just not okay. my thing. It's more for ladies, but, but anyway, so she's, so she reached out and said, Hey, I have this show and it's called X. And she told me the name of her podcast. Um, I would love for you to be on my show and I'd like to be on yours too. I'm like, uh, okay. And so her show is about a very specific topic that I happen to have an alternate idea, like my, My worldview is different, but I think that's why she wants to be on my show and vice versa, because she believes something that I have an alternate idea to about, like we don't see eye to eye on it. And so we're going to have, it's not an argument, but we're going to have this show. So that type of stuff is starting to happen. I'm starting to see these, these things are being attracted to me and my show. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. But, um, and if I'm, if I'm being completely frank too, right now, if somebody reaches out and wants to be on the show, if they don't, they don't have a show, I unless they have like a bazillion followers on Instagram and they can, they're really big name. I'm probably saying, Hey, unless you have a podcast that we can swap on, you know, I'm going to pass for now. Cause I'm trying to promote my book. I've got a lot of things I've got going on and I don't, I don't just need another successful entrepreneur. I need it to be strategic. And so that's what I'm working on right now with my show is to be very strategic about my guests.
1: Absolutely love it. And hey, we are the same way on our show. We're, you know, we're kind of specific as to who we bring on. Um, so totally understand that, but it's, it's so funny how it works with a podcast. You know, it's like um, a snowball effect, right? You have yeah. one show, you get referrals, you get people coming at you wanting to come on the show or want to have you on their show. These people you would, would not otherwise have met without a podcast or, you know, connected with, I should say. So it's crazy. And this is globally now. So, so many opportunities um, that come around with a podcast that we normally wouldn't have. But I love it. This is so exciting, especially because your podcast is, is fairly new. So in a year from now, who knows, right? Yeah. So exciting. I love it. So Jason, before we jump off, I know we're getting close to the end of the episode. I just want to give you the next couple minutes here to go ahead and talk about, you know, your your coaching and and some of your offers um, for my audience. And the best way to go ahead and reach out to you if anyone's looking to connect, um, just want to give you that time before we jump jump off here.
2: Well, thank you, Brittany. It's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. And you know, this is uh, I, I really enjoy having conversations like this and getting in front of in front of people because. I really am on a mission to see hundred thousand entrepreneurs achieve true success and balance. And the way I, way I, the reason I say success and balance is that I think the hustle and grind, I, I really believe the hustle and grind mentality is damaging to entrepreneurs, to their employees, and especially their families. And there's too many gurus out there. They're saying, man's, Sleep is for suckers, man. You sleep when you're dead. You need to work 100 hours. It's all about the, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, no, 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 it's not. Because we only get one shot at this. We only get one shot at life. And I don't want my business to run my life. I want to build a business around my life. I want my life to be the most important thing. So for me, it's success and balance. I want people to be successful, but I want to be balanced. And I want them to understand that the fulcrum of that seesaw, if you can imagine a seesaw, that thing in the middle that it pivots back and forth on up and down, that's the fulcrum. And I think your fulcrum needs to be built on the things that are most important to you. And you keep everything close. Rather than running to one end of the seesaw and the other side just flips and then you run to the other side and it flips again. What if we lived in the center? What if what you said was most important, you actually spent the most time doing? All right, my family, my wife, You know, I got, I got adult kids, but my family, my kids are the most important thing to me. So if you go and track my time, that's where you'll see me spending most of my time. But most entrepreneurs would say, well, my family's most important to me, but they you track their time, they're at their business more than anything else. Well, you're on the wrong end of the seesaw, man. You need to get into the center and to be balanced. And so my mission is to help 100,000 people find that true balance. And I do that through, I do one-on-one coaching. You know, if you're interested in that, I only take five clients a year to do one-on-one. I do that. I've got a mastermind, which you mentioned earlier, called the Exeter Club. So if you're interested in going through a mastermind experience, you know, if you're qualified and and you pay the fee, you can get in. Like, I I don't have a limit to that, but I've got, a good group of guys that are in there and we do retreats. We do live events. We do meetings every month. And then I've got a little offer that I give your listeners called the business burnout test. It's a new thing that I put together. It's 10 questions. that will show you how close you are to burnout because maybe you're not balanced. Maybe you've got, you're burning too much at both ends of the candle. You know, like they say, this test will give you the opportunity to correct that and to see where you can make some changes to get back on track to a balanced life. And you can go to businessburnouttest.com for that, businessburnouttest.com, or you can find any of the things i just mentioned on my website at therealjasonduncan.com, therealjasonduncan.com.
1: Incredible. Jason, the real Jason Duncan, thank you so much for taking the time and choosing to come on my show this was a pleasure having you on. I am so grateful you were able to you know, come on here and provide such value for myself and my listeners. You were absolutely a rock star. And I'm so excited to see where everything goes with your podcast right away because things are changing. And I mean, you are about to do maybe solos as well. So it's super exciting just to see where it all goes. I know it'll be nothing but successful for you. So thank you again, Jason, for coming on.
2: Thank you, Brittany
1: group if you're listening and enjoyed please like and subscribe if you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like the real jason duncan did today to talk about the roller coaster ride it takes to become a successful entrepreneur um talk about anything within your business and have your business promoted please go to top100interviews.com i'd love to have you on as well thanks guys catch you on the next episode thanks so much jd
2: thank you